Welcome to another episode of More Happy Life, the podcast that will teach you how to trigger upward spirals of health and happiness in your life. I'm Andy Proctor, a happiness activist whose goal is to make your life more happy with science-backed strategies and powerful interviews. If you enjoy this episode, share it and let me know by tapping the stars in the reviews. Welcome back to another episode of More Happy Life. This is your host, Andy Proctor. This is episode 133. Now, for the women listeners who want to support the men in your life, this is the episode for you. For the men who need support from other men or women, please also listen in. Uh, I really loved uh, Kristen Petrucci's thoughts on this episode to help liberate men to express themselves. Personally, I have struggled to feel comfortable as a man to express myself. I'm a very expressive person. I play the cello. I like to dance. I like to sing. I've been in singing groups, uh, and it's often been hard to know when I can express my true emotions. This conversation was very refreshing for me to dive into the barriers to emotional expression that exist in Western culture for specifically men. We also had a, had fun diving into some amazing topics in positive psychology. Kristen is a positive psychology expert and fellow nerd like myself, and we talked about gratitude, wonder, and awe. And I just returned from one of the most awe-inspiring places on earth, the giant redwood forests of Northern California, and I thought a lot about Kristen while I was there because I just was, it was constant awe and wonder and it was a beautiful experience. So I had to publish this episode this week so that I could inspire you all to, uh, as women, uh, to help men to be more expressive as men to be more expressive, to feel liberated, to express your emotions and how you feel and to feel and be victorious as is Kristen's goal. So I hope you tune into this whole chat, the whole uh, episode with Kristen, who I will now introduce to you. So Kristen Petrucci received her postgraduate positive psychology training from the University of Utah. She is a transformational speaker, corporate mindfulness expert, and positive psychology coach. Her main focus is to help men live victoriously, which I love that. I think it's amazing. She believes that active gratitude is the key to victorious lifestyle and is the founder of KP Speaks. She would love to collaborate and can be found on Instagram at KP Speaks and LinkedIn as well. So uh, she is an amazing person, and I hope that you tune in to today's episode 133, which is titled Liberating Men to Express Emotions, Gratitude, Wonder, and Awe with Kristen Petrucci. You may have seen my recent post about the top five regrets of the dying. What are those top five regrets? Well, I'll tell you right now. First, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Second, I wish I had worked I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Third, I wish I had the courage to express my true feelings. Fourth, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Fifth, I wish I had let myself be happier. You know, every time I hear those again, it motivates me to get real and to make the best of my life. I want to make sure also that you make the best of your life. 
the last thing I would want is for you to have any of these regrets that I just talked about. For this purpose, I'm offering my science-based coaching to my listeners. If you are interested in making a breakthrough in your life, decreasing anxiety, increasing optimism, improving your health, having the courage to take that step into your next life-affirming quest, please reach out to me. You can book a free session with me by just going to the coaching link on morehappylife.co or just send me a message on Instagram or just email me at andy at morehappylife.co. Now back to the show. All right. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you with me, Kristen. I am so excited to be able to talk about positive psychology, something that I'm so passionate about and that you are as well. Thank you. I am very excited to be here. Yeah, totally. So I, uh, I'm glad that you reached out and, you know, it's fun to find other people who are, uh, you know, kind of in a different, in a similar area, but in a different pathway uh, about the science of happiness, about positive psychology and how they are applying it to what they love in the world and what they believe is their uh, kind of purpose and mission. And so I just love meeting other people who are, are like you. And so I'm so happy to have you with me. And, and I really loved a lot of the, uh, the topics that, uh, that you are really passionate about and that you are speaking about and, and helping with. And, you know, as a man, uh, speaking of those topics as a man, I've, you know, I've often felt like it has been difficult to connect with other men in a way that is really meaningful, you know, and I actually read a book last year, uh, called the masks of masculinity by Lewis Howes. And, um, it opened my mind to the masks that a lot of men wear, including myself. And I believe it's something that really impacts a lot of men. So yeah, it's, it's really, um, really deeply, I think. Uh, and I was just, I'm curious, like what, what led you to studying about this specifically? Why do you think this is kind of an important topic? Well, I really feel it's extremely important to recognize that the need for men to be able to be authentic and to be able to express themselves, not just in maybe in an intelligent way or cognitive way, and uh, but in a wholehearted and in all realms of feelings way. And the reason that I chose to help men live victoriously is because of my own life. Um, I've been married twice, and my first husband, uh, he struggled with depression, and mm. our marriage ended very suddenly, and mm. not for infidelity reasons, but he, it was just, you know, I wasn't a really good support to him, to be honest, and he wasn't able to communicate to me his struggles. And then I have three sons. Uh, one, of my, one of them, my oldest, actually, is on the autism spectrum, Back in the day, he was diagnosed with asthma, so he's very high functioning, uh, but also struggles to be able to express himself in a way that uh, society would see as being, you know, normal or okay for a, I don't know, for a young man to express himself. He is extremely intelligent, has such a good heart, and when he was younger and also older, maybe as a teen, 
he would just be his quirky self, but it wasn't accepted by society. And then being married again to a man who is absolutely um, amazing, very passionate, and has a very beautiful heart who comes from Italy and has a personality that is, I would say, um, I kind of call it like a motherly personality. Mm. He, um, coming here to the States, it's been almost shut down sometimes. He's not able to be who he truly is here in the States. Whereas in Italy, a lot of men are able to express themselves. And so being a mother of three, three boys, uh, married twice, and then having also six brothers, I have really been able to recognize and see, you know, how boys are raised, number one, how the, what they go through, through life, um, when they suddenly have to just shut down their emotions and be tough, and then what it does to them emotionally, physically, spiritually, uh, intellectually, as far as almost like an identity crisis, when you cannot be who you are, because you're not free nor safe to express your true emotions. Wow, that is seriously, uh, really hits home for me too. And, you know, I think I've always been a bit of, um, I've been very expressive myself. I think I've been in a lot of acapella groups, so I sing. Um, It also includes dancing. Um, and this year I challenged myself, uh, starting in January to learn to play the cello and, uh, which is a beautiful instrument. And, um, I also really love art and I'm a photographer. And so I'm a very, you know, I, I, I think I definitely have the need to express. I've felt that myself. And this next year I, um, what the challenge that I have for myself is to dance a lot more, just as much as I've been learning how to play the cello this year, I will be learning more dance next year. And so, uh, in 2020 and anyways, and, and I felt really uncomfortable with that. Like not, mm-hmm. not like really uncomfortable, but just like, I went to this event called uh, TEDx Salt Lake City and there was, um, let's see if I can remember his name, Jackson, I believe it was Jackson Willard, uh, who, who was, who was Dan, who he danced at the, as, as one of the, the, the performances during this event. And it was beautiful. It was amazing. I was just so inspired and, um, it made me want to, you know, go up there and take off my shirt and, you know, put on the, the dance pants and just like go for it, you know, but I feel really uncomfortable to do that. And it's so interesting because, you know, I, I think maybe it's, maybe it is just a U.S. thing, uh, but it feels like it's not really socially acceptable to do things that are very expressive or, or even things like, you know, like it's definitely not socially acceptable to hold hands for men uh, mm-hmm. or, or like hug, you know, or be emotionally receptive to other men. And, um, you know, I think this is socialized from the time when we're little, uh, you know, so I guess, 
I, I'm, I'm curious because you talked about the physical impact of not expressing. And I'd love to have you, cause you know, I, I just, am, I wonder, do men, you know, really have that deep need for emotional support or are they really just capable of stoicism, you know, like not emotionally expressing, um, like what can men do to feel emotionally connected and supported in this society? I mean, that's a really big question, but <laughs> that is well, number one, I want to touch on a couple of things. I went to uh, Egypt for my honeymoon with my husband, mm. which is not a normal place to go on a honeymoon. I know, but um, amazing with my, with my beautiful Italian husband. And um, when we were there, you know, the men hold hands. In fact, the men will sometimes sit on each other's laps, like um, almost kind of squatting um, to help support each other. So it's, you know, and it's completely common and okay. And society does not see that as um, anything but normal. And you're, it's completely platonic, like has nothing to do with being sexual at all. And um, it was really interesting to see that type of behavior compared to what I've grown up with, you know, with my six brothers and how you kind of give that hug with a pat on the back. My husband is hilarious because he, my dad is that kind of hugger. He, he just likes to give a side hug with a little pat. My husband's like, I'm going to, I'm going to break your dad of this uh, physical, this, you know, this inability to be physically close. I'm going to, you know, give him hugs uncomfortably close every time, you know, but it, ha- it hasn't worked. It, it is very comfortable <laughs> for my dad. But um, so just a little side note for that. But then as far as do men need to emotionally express themselves, I say absolutely 100% yes. And I do believe that it is stored internally if they are not allowed to express themselves. Now, do they need to go and cry every single day or um, be super sad every single day and pout and whine. No, I don't believe that. But um, many men don't recognize when they're feeling anxiety, when they're feeling high stress, when they're feeling depressed, a lot of times those feelings come out in physical, um, you know, maybe like their stomach hurting or intestinal issues, headaches, backaches, um, the or they might have extreme anger or frustration. And instead of because anger is usually a secondary emotion, they're just constantly angry. Nobody wants to be around them, which turns them to being more isolated. And when they're more isolated, well, then they turn a lot of times, uh, according to at least the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, self-destructive behaviors, which isolates them even more. Mm. And, um, and so these, the cycle of not being able to express oneself freely, or at least the fear of not being able to uh, kind of compounds into finally getting to the point where I'm all alone. I'm not worth anything. Why not just, you know, give up? And that's not every single man, but, and I don't want to just say that every single man needs to be able to cry whenever they want. But I do believe that many men have, have built inside of themselves this little place where they feel that they are not safe and that they don't, they aren't enough, and they fully live freely because of society norms. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, I did. I have a. I had a, a guest on the podcast a long time ago, uh, and we talked about this uh, briefly about you know really uh, trying to help help men to feel like they could express. And I, one of my one of my missions or purposes in life is to help people to be able to find their purpose and to live and express that purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, you know, I think men and women, but, but I, you know, I personally have, have definitely, um, struggled to, to express my purpose sometimes. And I think like you said, uh, when you have that, like we, we, I think as men, we really want to express our potential. Mm-hmm. There's this, there's this like potential that's just inside of us. It's like this, you know, explosion waiting to happen, like in a good way, not like a bad explosion. And but, but like when when we keep that kind of locked up or pent up potential inside of us without expressing that potential, then like you said, I think it can turn into anger or self-destructive behaviors, addictions, um, things that, that, you know, we had to express ourselves somehow. And so, so the ways that are socially acceptable to do that are like anger. I mean, you know, kind of your, your, uh, stereotypical kind of, you know, man, um, that's, that's, uh, societally acceptable, I guess you could say, is somebody who's like, you know, pumping iron and just like raging against the machine or whatever you want to call it. And, um, and it's not necessarily very healthy. Uh, but what if, like, what if they, what if it were okay to express our potential? What if it were okay to, for me to just get up there and dance, you know? Mm -hmm. And, so anyway, so I'm really glad. I'm so glad that you are um, talking about this more and doing something to be kind of an, a positivity activist in this area. Well, I think what's been uh, the biggest, I guess the biggest lesson for me personally is that I had to see a lot of failure in my own life before I could recognize the need for the men in my life to um, the the need that they had. So let's say for my son with Asperger's, um, I was always trying to help him fit in, teaching him what society sees as normal um, and not allowing him to, you know, he would cry a lot um, when he was younger, throw huge fits because his body and his emotions and all of the um, everything that was just all the stimulation that came in, all the frustration, he just couldn't express himself in a way that was quote unquote normal. And yet when he was happy, it was extremely happy. It was over, you know, a little too much. Or if he would verbalize something, you'd be like, okay, that's a little, you know, too much. I was always coaching him so much to the point where it's almost like it's not him. It's someone telling him who he's supposed to be. And we can take that from maybe an Asperger or autistic point of view of a parent coaching someone, but I do this all the time and I continue to, and I'm working so hard. I started to with my husband who's Italian and I didn't recognize it until it was a little too late. And so I personally, 
here saying it and confessing to everyone, I made the mistakes that I'm saying we shouldn't make, which is I was coaching my husband, you shouldn't say that. Do you know how people are going to react here? Um, concerned for him, I didn't want him to get made fun of. I didn't want him to not fit in. I didn't, but by doing so, it caused him to have almost like an identity crisis and learn, lose a lot of what I found so beautiful in who he was as a person. And in doing so and seeing all these things happen, when I decided that I, you know, when I found all of these healing techniques and um, protocol that positive psychology teaches, and I had to practice them for myself when I suffered brain trauma and damage, um, I started coming around realizing how much damage I personally had inflicted on other people, um, trying to put them into a box, trying to make them fit in so that society won't make fun of them instead of letting them be free and coming out of that box and, and living and being seen for the individual and the beautiful person and unique individual that they are. And I feel like that's where our society is coming to now is everyone's being so turned into, you need to be like this. And now a lot of us are saying, I can't fit into this box. It's not me. I need to break free. And there are ways to break free where some people will break free in harmful ways and become so radical, or there's ways to break free in living life very authentically in a peaceful way where you can be seen and you can see others and you can see good in everything. Um, for me, it's been a very difficult journey because I did so many things personally that I, I honestly feel has harmed people in the journey by trying to fit into societal norms. And then once I got so tired of it myself um, and realized that I didn't fit into the box either and I wanted to be free, I recognized, okay, this is where it stops. And this is, it's time to change. It's time to raise a voice. And that's where KP Speaks came into play was there are three things that can heal. There are three things that I believe are the trifecta of being able to change your mindset and live your life, not in your head, but literally live your life out of your head. And that is gratitude, that is connection, and that is being able to experience wonder or stop and wonder when you are in those pits of um, just feeling depressed and, and anxious and feeling like you are not worth anything. Hmm. Wow, that's amazing. And so you're saying uh, that, you know, for men who maybe feel like they aren't expressing themselves and um, kind of, you know, they can't get to the point like, well, like, this is what can help them to, to get to that, to get past that, to, to heal from that is through these three things that you just mentioned. Yes. So they start very, you know, you start slowly, but you first you start, start with what I call saw, which is stop and wonder. So let's say you are trapped in this. I don't fit in. I don't dare break free my authentic self well, every time a thought comes like I, I I don't want to sing out loud because people might make fun of me you can stop that thought with um something positive or actually wonder and awe which is a positive psychology um practice 
where you find a place or find something to look at where you can get caught up in uh, breaking that negative thought cycle or I'm not worth it. I'm not enough. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Instead of thinking those things, you break that cycle. And then with the gratitude, you start um, viscerally connecting good, happy, wonderful emotions, joy, love to things that you're grateful for about yourself, about others, about your life, um, about, you know, I am so grateful that I have legs that can dance. I am so grateful that I have a voice that can sing. I am so grateful that I have this body that is able to do the things that it can do. I'm so grateful for a childhood where I was able to be free, to be authentic. I'm so grateful I have a life that I can actually break free from what I feel like I'm being trapped right now with emotions and that I am strong enough to be able to break through. And then connection is literally breaking out of that, being grateful and uh, finding people, connecting with them, expressing gratitude to them, um, asking someone at work to go on a walk with you, talking and expressing just gratitude to them, but talking to them about what's going on. Or if you don't feel safe talking to them about what's going on, um, talk to them about an experience you've had or some of your passions in life and building that connection. Um, one of the things I feel like men are really missing is being connected and heard. And when they start feeling like they belong, um, they'll feel more safe to be authentic. So how does, how, how, how can men get to the point where they feel like they belong? Cause I love that. I think that getting to a point where they feel like they belong is when they feel like they belong inside of themselves. Um, I believe it's just like for women, I personally have gone through it. You know, there's all these, there's these huge things about I am enough. And it's usually, you know, the empowering women, uh, you are enough, writing it on your window, writing it on your mirror. Uh, I personally prefer to say more than I am enough, but I am victorious. I am loved. I belong. I am needed. I am powerful. Um, different almost like cognitive behavioral um, mantras that you can tell yourself um, because I, I learned from a, she's a hypnotherapist also a psychologist uh, her name is Marissa Pierre and she number one she talks about she uses the I am enough but she talks about that the most important you never get is the praise you give yourself because if you'll never believe other people's praise until you can believe your own praise and she's a big believer in that. And then um, she was even um, a therapist to Princess Diana and to very high profile people. Hmm. And, um, and then the other thing is um, being able to feel like you belong literally is, um, like I said, belonging to yourself, feeling like you, you are more than enough. Um, and I personally, what I do to remind myself that I am more than enough, that I belong. Because sometimes I get really intimidated, to be honest, especially when I get around some people who are maybe high profile executives that I'm going to maybe help out or, yeah. um, you know, just like these people who have been in the, I don't know, if I were to walk up to Martin Seligman, you know, one of the positive psych gurus, I, I think I'd be pretty intimidated and think I don't belong. 
But what I would do is remind myself they're just people who also want to be loved and want to belong. And number two, I go back to reminding myself of who I was as a child, or I think of babies. And I have a 15-month-old baby. She loves to be seen. She loves to be heard. She could have junk all over her face. And if you looked at her, she wouldn't care. She would want a hug. She would want you to know that she exists. She has 100% absolute worth. No one would ever tell her anything otherwise. We have just the exact same amount of worth. The only thing that tells us differently is our own thoughts and what other people told us while we were growing up. Hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, one of my friends recently did a uh, activity with me. It was a really powerful uh, exercise where <clears throat> it was basically discovering and naming the beast. He called it the beast. And <laughs> it's this kind of uh, critic or negative voice inside your head. And I remember when I was trying to figure out who, like, who is this beast inside my head? Who is this critic who was constantly telling me that I wasn't enough because like you said to belong you have to belong to yourself first and to really believe that you are enough mm-hmm. and I the beast inside my head I ended up naming it Dr. President Schreier Miller mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and and uh um and it's this, uh, you know, very wealthy, very perfectionistic, um, you know, uh, high profile investor CEO who is just extremely critical of me. He's always wearing a really, really nice suit and he's a baby boomer um, and he just thinks that I'm like total, totally worthless and that I, I'm way behind and I should have done a lot of things that I didn't do and all these I mean he's always telling me all these crazy things that I'm not good enough and uh and but but the exercise was so helpful because I realized that that person actually is not even real Hmm. he's not even real he's not even a real human being and if I were to go to all the different people in my life who've kind of been influential in kind of forming that voice inside my head, uh, you know, like you said, they're just humans too. And, and you know, they, they are just as vulnerable as I am and have just as many emotional needs. And, and so kind of humanizing that beast inside my head was very helpful for me to get to the point where I could say, wait a second, like I'm amazing and I I am good enough. And I love that you talked about really belonging to yourself first, which I think that means loving yourself, really loving and accepting yourself. Yeah. And I I actually have some meditations that I do uh, sometimes when I'm feeling like I'm not loved or I just haven't lived up. You know, there are, I still have some really hard days. Of course, I think everyone does, even when they are, you know, a top tier therapist, a positive psychologist, you name it. They, even when they're practicing what they are supposed to practice, you're going to have some bad days. 
and you're going to have those moments where you're thinking, I teach this, why am I struggling? And I go back to a few meditations, and one of those is actually where I love my inner child. I actually picture, um, I picture Kristen when she was about five years old or six years old. She's making mud pies or she's climbing trees um, outside. She's dancing to Neil Diamond um, and singing at the top of her lungs. They're coming to America. I did not know <laughs> I was actually bringing my husband from Italy to America at the time. But, um, <laughs> but I picture her and I picture all the goodness that she is. And I picture how beautiful and lovely and literally this girl's heart is beyond and above just absolutely amazing a little bit spunky at times but she is so lovable and so that's where i go sometimes where i'm like oh nobody likes me nobody loves me whatever and i'll go and meditate and i'll picture kristen kristen taylor back in the day this cute girl and then what i do is i actually give her a big hug and i remind myself you are kristen you are her and um, it's been very powerful and impactful in my life. And when I lead other people through this uh, meditation, they, I mean, it's just huge. There'll be tears going down their faces. And especially if it's the first time, because suddenly they connect to their inner child and remember that they are pure. They are lovely. They are absolutely 100% joy. They have all of good intentions. They always have you know, life gets us down, life is hard, and life hits us from all different sides that we never imagined could ever be possible. But inside of us is still living this heart and soul of this child who has always wanted and desired to do good. And, and I am her, you are him. And when we recognize and embrace that child and start letting that child live again, um, life becomes a lot lighter. You know, I like to also en encourage my clients to imagine, like, in fact, I'd ask you, like, what is something that you really love to do when you were between the ages of seven to 10 years old, if you can remember? I loved playing Legos. Okay. And when you were playing Legos, what kind of feelings came to you? Do you remember? Just, I mean, I would say now I would call it flow. Uh, mm -hmm. I was just in complete state of complete imagination. I was always just building planes and I would build the seven wonders of the world uh, with, with Legos. And I would just, I would just imagine stuff and I would, it, would, it would just be real to me. So when's the last time you played Legos? <laughs> Actually, a couple years ago. <laughs> okay, good for you. <laughs> My are I like, still I have mine. I haven't done that for years. So um, yeah. finding something that the inner child still loves to do. Like you said, I, I'm learning to, I want to learn to dance. You know, I'm doing cello. Mm -hmm. I'm singing. Um, play. Play is huge. Um, flow. Finding a state of where you're completely in involved and just completely able to let everything go releases so much stress but so many of us including myself so many times in my life especially after my grandma's seizure in 2016 
all I lived in was dismal life is really crappy mm. or we just go through the motions of life and every day is you know a routine but when we bring out our play and our and the child within we start living again and I think that's a, another thing that men can really use to bring themselves out and be more authentic is to tap into the child um, child that they are. And I know that a lot of men are, can be very playful already. And sometimes women are the ones who like tell them, knock it off, you're acting like you're in junior high, um, which hmm. I have done. So I know that that happens. But I, I feel like if you can do it in a way where it's, you know, do something that you really enjoyed when you were a child or when you were in junior high, tap back into that, tap back into those talents and find that joy again. I really love that because I, I was going to ask you when you were explaining that about, you know, how to like w walk us out the door from, you know, because I, I imagine myself at this really amazing, you know, conference where you're doing a workshop and I'm like, that's awesome. And then like I walk out the door and I go back to work and I, I like I encounter Dr. President Schreier Miller again and I'm like, what? Oh no, like who who am I again? And and I love that balance of uh you know of play. I think play is a really great way to to do that. And yeah, like bringing that child out again and and I think uh you know just being like having fun, you know, doing doing things that that you really love and enjoy that maybe involve your, your body more. I think, I think men yeah. oftentimes, uh, you know, we stay in our heads. We're very, very head heavy and, um, intellectual and, and don't remember the fact that we like, we used to play around so much and we would run and kick a ball and, you know, play Legos and do all kinds of stuff with our bodies. Wrestle and, and Yeah. yeah lots of wrestling <laughs> yeah lots of wrestling yeah you know maybe you can go climb a tree and if you're too big to climb a tree you can climb a mountain or um what I would recommend is actually I know don't feel like it'd be creepy but bring some friends with you so it doesn't look creepy go play some night games with uh, other adults <laughs> or go to a park with your friends and um, you can be 50, 60 years old. I mean, a lot of the statistics are around 50 years old is where men especially start dropping and getting very depressed. 40 years old, you have your midlife crisis, uh, hormones start changing in men as well. It's not just women. And, um, you know, and a lot of men tend to hit this point where they just, something has to change because I'm not really happy. So they buy a car or they get a new job or they get a new wife or, you know, and women do it too. It's not just men. But instead, re, rediscover the joys that you, you're passionate about when you're young. And if you're not physically able to do those things, then think of the things that you did that were not physically, physical at the time. Um, and that could be like you said, like Legos or maybe poetry or music or theater or dance. And, um, and what I would encourage you to do is find a picture of yourself as a child. And maybe have a picture this or on the wall somewhere where you can look at that picture and that way you can connect to that child frequently. That's one of the things I would recommend. Um, 
and maybe if you can find one doing one of the things that you enjoyed as a child to encourage you to remember to play and then literally set the goal to play for three to five minutes a day that's it and so it's not this big i need to go to disneyland for the weekend it's like brushing your teeth you know if you were to brush your teeth for two hours once a week it doesn't really do that good for you but if you were brushing your teeth twice a day uh, for two minutes it does an amazing amount of good and prevention same thing i believe with mental health and mental wellness care it doesn't take that much work it's just doing it daily the daily practice for a few minutes a day and after a few minutes you get more comfortable with it you might increase that time but just starting with those small little steps will start increasing the benefits in your life i really love that that's really cool i love to find a picture of you as a child to encourage you to play i have I have a wall in my office that is covered with pictures and uh, a lot of them are encouraging me to, to play more <laughs> and oh, to cool. remember uh, that I love to be active and I love to do things like dance. I actually did used to break dance. And so this is kind of this next year is kind of a, a going back to that and proving to myself that I can uh, you know, learn something that I used to know, but learn it even better. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I really, that's so inspiring. And I, I, I think a lot of people can resonate with, with the, you know, they, they may think like, well, I can't do that. But then if they can remember themselves, they're like, well, wait a second. I did do that. Not just, I can't do that, but like, I did do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, I've already done it. I remember you mentioning that a lot of your listeners are actually women. And so they're probably thinking, what? This whole thing's all about men. What can I gain from this? Well, I have to say something out there for all of you women. Number one, every man needs a wing woman. Every single man needs a woman who believes in them and who will support them and love them and encourage them. Number two, every woman deserves and needs to be able to understand where men come from and every woman um, like me you can learn the hard way or um, start learning about what men are passionate about what brings them joy and learn to listen I think one of the things that Brene Brown in one of um, I can't remember which book right now it's one of her last books that she wrote but she wrote how you know Brene the Brene, you talk all about vulnerability, but when we actually are vulnerable and we speak out, the women don't want to hear it. Our wives don't want to hear it. Um, they actually get afraid. They get scared. And I've been there. I've been like, I can't hear this. I need you to be the strong one. I, you know, I'm emotionally a wreck and you, you don't have a place to be a wreck right now. Hmm. And and so what happens is the men have nowhere to turn and you are, um, I have a pilot study I launched actually in June and it's still running until the 1st of January. And one of the things that is common in the answers that men have given as far as what do they do to deal with stress, many of the answers actually says, I talk with my wife. Hmm. And my husband, even my husband now, I mean, we're learning to communicate better, but 
it's been a really, really hard road, especially these last three years where I was recovering from my brain damage and trauma and um, learning to listen. But a lot of times, because I was in such a weak state emotionally, if he had a problem, it, it was too much for me. But what a man needs is a safe place to fall because they don't feel like they can even fall. And if they don't have to fall, then they turn to something else to numb, to numb themselves. And so I think that what, what we can do as women is strengthen ourselves, become very strong, take care of our mental health, take care of our physical health, so that when our men are actually struggling and having a hard time, they do have a place where they can rely on to be able to say, I'm really struggling right now can we talk? And we're not freaking out because actually we're super emotional and have no space or strength to be able to handle that. I think that takes a lot of courage. And I think that's something that can be very vulnerable. I mean, it is very vulnerable. I mean, for both the men and the women. Absolutely. Yeah. It can save, it can save your relationship. It can save your friendship. It can save your marriage. Um, it can save a life. 100% it saves lives. In fact, uh, according to the CDC, every single day, approximately 129 people uh, die by suicide. 93 of them, approximately 93, are men. Hmm. And so there's a need, need to... Uh, to for men to live authentically but there's a need to recognize that men need a place to feel safe they need a place to feel safe with themselves they need a place at work where they can be emotionally um, open and where people are there to listen and to and they need encouragement they need somebody to be there and say you know what andy you are doing an amazing job here at work we need you you really have performed well today. In fact, I noticed that you came early and your, you know, your numbers have gone up and I really am grateful that you're on my team. And then that, that could have been the day where you, Andy, were having a really bad day and, you know, wanted to check out and maybe quit your job. But instead, because someone actually connected with you and uh, expressed gratitude to you, you're like, you know what, I'm going to give it another try. I'm going to stick with this. And then you go home and somebody is there and they say, you know what? I really appreciate you. I'm so grateful for you. You know, um, thank you for this. Thank you for always coming home and being such an amazing person. How are you feeling today? In fact, this morning, (laughs) this is a good example. This morning, I thought my husband was really ticked off. And so I'm assuming he's ticked off all these other things. And so we started off on kind of not a good note. Then. After about four minutes, I said, you know what? How about I try this? How are you feeling today? And he's like, actually, I'm feeling really good. And I was like, okay, I totally read you wrong, you know? And (laughs) and, because I was just assuming things. And I think a really good book is The Four Agreements um, by Ruiz. Um, Let's see. There's a middle name in there. Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. Four Agreements. Awesome. uh, Ruiz. And, you know, that can help not just uh, women and men it can help men and women and our each person recognize that 
we can't assume things. We need to be able to be honest with ourselves, with our words, with our emotions, and live our lives very authentically. And we can live victoriously if we're able to know ourselves, embrace ourselves, feel like we belong, and and just kind of let go and allow ourselves to be seen and be able to see others for who they are. And who they are are human beings who want to be loved and to be held in a place of safety. It's really powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think it's so needed, so, so needed. Uh, and, you know, even though a lot, most of the, the listeners are women, um, and thank you for sharing that uh, as well for, for the women um, who are listening, uh, but for all the men who are listening, um, including myself, like I'm the first listener right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that we're talking about this. And um, I think, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever myself um, really truly experienced uh, what it's like to, to, to feel uh, fully, you know, suicidal and having real suicidal thoughts. Um, but I've definitely had those moments of despair. I've had moments of anxiety, I've had panic attacks. I've had all kinds of really difficult emotions that I've had to deal with. And, uh, and, and sometimes I don't, you know, uh, especially even when I was single, I didn't really have that wing woman or, um, and even my, during my first marriage, I didn't also didn't have, uh, uh, somebody to, to really say, Hey, I'm, I'm not strong today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I'm vulnerable and I'm not a perfect husband or a perfect man. And, uh, and I, I've, and I don't know what to do about that. And that's really hard to say. It's really hard to say as a man. And um, so I'm really glad that they were just talking about this. Uh, and I wonder if, if you have any ideas that you can share with the women or the men who are listening of, you know, if they, if they, if there are men out there who, whether, whether it's there because they're single or they just don't feel comfortable or their wife isn't in a good place on, on a certain day or whatever, emotionally, it, you know, if they don't have somebody to talk to and it doesn't happen at work and they don't necessarily go to any sort of, you know, I don't know, church or group or anything like that. What do you think is something that they, where, where can they start to, to go and seek for help? I think there's a few places. Uh, number one, I mean, if they're really struggling, I reach out to um, a therapist, finding someone who you feel like you can uh, speak to that no one else will, um, that will be completely confidential. But the other thing is journaling can be extremely powerful and helps you clear your mind. And there's um, a practice that uh, I learned in my positive psychology class that was called the worry wart. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I don't know if you learned that one as well in your classes, but where you pretty much write out the worst case scenario that could happen. And by doing so, you recognize that it's not as bad as you think it is. Um, and then the other thing is, um, there are, there are many people out there that are struggling just like you. You're not alone. 
and I, I personally, I mean, you can reach out to me. Um, I know they can reach out to you, but I have found that many times in my life, I have been led to the answers I need through other people, or maybe three or four times someone has recommended something to me, and I've just been too hard-headed to accept that that's an answer for me because it's just too simple. But once the third or fourth person recommends it, I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And it actually is very healing for me. Mm. Um, and sometimes it only takes a week or three. Uh, one, one TED talk I would recommend is by Guy Winch. And he talks about mental hygiene is just yeah. as important as physical hygiene. And that is one of the talks that saved saved my like started me on this uh this ride of being able to break my negative thought processes it is the talk that i started practicing uh, and within two weeks i was able to get out of my head and i already had my positive psychology certificate my postgrad certificate i already yeah. had all the knowledge i needed to heal the thing is i couldn't get out of my head because i was suffering so much from brain damage and from the medications I was taking, the anxiety, suicidal ideations, the depression, I was so stuck that it needed to be coming from a different source than the knowledge that was already inside of me. And I also needed somebody to believe in me. Um, so somebody asked me to speak. I created a journal as well um, that helped me get out of my head. And when I shared that journal with a friend, she said, I want you to speak. And then I had to start finding my material and I came upon Guy Winch's talk. And that is actually what uh, became my launching pad for saving my own life. And then what I, I teach and preach, which is saw, stop and wonder. So I sell my journal, which is another tool. It's very cheap. I, I keep it very low price because I, it's not to make money. It's to help save lives and help people be able to, um, be able to go to bed and get out, you know, get into a positive mindset before they go to bed. And one of the things that I, that you, you can even just write it on a piece of paper. You don't have to have my journal, but every single night you go to bed and you write down three things that you um, did that were amazing. So three, I call them amazing acts. And then the other is your favorite part of your day. You write it down every single night. And the other is three things you're grateful for. But as you write down the things that you're grateful for, I turn it into something called act of gratitude. An act of gratitude is where you viscerally um, internalize and have a feeling attached to the item or the, the thing that you list that you're grateful for. So if I'm grateful for water, I would think about water. I would actually um, imagine water maybe going into my body, the refreshing feeling I get when I drink cold water and how fortunate I am that I have water that comes out of the tap. And by doing so, you're able to retrain your brain and you're able to realize that your life really isn't so, you know, so awful. And it gets you to a place where you can feel like you can actually talk to somebody or reach out. It's a really powerful pr practice. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think uh, morning and evening routines can really be foundational in our in our well-being so i love that and anything that can help support those 
positive morning and evening routines are just critical or so, so powerful. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for, for sharing that. And that's amazing. And I want to, I want to talk to you all day, but <laughs> I want to um, ask you one more question uh, before we, before we wrap up, which is, I know we've talked about a lot of amazing things and these are just such great resources for men and women. And I want to ask you other than what we have discussed, what other advice would you uh, give to somebody who just desperately wants to have a more happy life today? Okay. So my advice would be to breathe, take a deep breath every time that you are feeling sad, every time you feel like you just don't want to keep going on, hold on. The moment will come where you will be so grateful you did. There's this boy that, um, I actually had him come to some of the health classes that I, when I was getting my health um, degree in college and yeah. I knew him in high school and he was on drugs at the time when he tried to kill himself and he shot himself in the head. He survived, but he was, he became blind from it. Um, his face was completely um, just, just really, I mean, it's, you couldn't even recognize him. But what was so amazing about it was um, he was so grateful that he didn't die. And when we look at life and the hardships we go through, I can name, I mean, what I've gone through in the past 10 years, if I named them out loud, you'd be surprised that I'm still married to my current husband, that I'm still here, um, and that I am able to be happy. But what there is so much to live for there is so much to be grateful for and this moment will pass i promise you that all of you who are listening and i can promise you that because i know when i got divorced i was in what i call the emotional coma and other people who have been divorced said don't worry it's going to get better i didn't believe it could get better i cried so much i didn't know i, I literally couldn't cry anymore I would go to sleep with this giant rose quartz next to my heart, hoping and praying it would help my heart feel happier and feel safer for nights and nights and nights on end. Mm. I got through it and I found love again. I suffered um, brain trauma and brain damage, epilepsy uh, with a seven month old baby, another epilepsy. Another woman that has epilepsy told me, don't worry, you're going to be okay. Because I'd been through the divorce and someone told me it's going to be okay, I was able to trust it. And I have some bad days and I have some, whenever I have epileptic um, moments, I'll have about two or three days of anxiety and depression and phobias. Uh, But I got through it and I definitely had some suicidal days and I still sometimes have them come up in my head where it'd just be easier to not be here but sometimes it ends in 10 minutes sometimes it ends in an hour and sometimes it ends in a day or so Um, but if you hold on you are so worth living so many people love you you don't recognize right now maybe um, 
but when you take these steps of stopping and wondering, uh, using gratitude and connecting with those who you feel safe with, you will start uh, leaving that place of despair and start living again. And you will find that it's so worth it. Just like that, that boy who, you know, as a old almost died, but he, he continues to live now. He tells a story trying to help and make sure that others don't do what, you know, he almost did telling them that life is worth living, even though he is completely, um, like, if you look at him, it's, it's scary, but he is so grateful to be alive. Wow. Thank you so much. I love hearing what everybody says to that question. It always makes me happier and more grateful. And I love what you said about kind of that curious mindset, uh, gratitude and, uh, and that it is worth it. And it made me think, you know, you are worth it. Like everybody is worth it. And so thank you for, for, uh, for sharing that. I really, really believe that. And uh, yeah, thank you. This has been just so good. Thank you so much for being with me today, Kristen. And if people, uh, if there are men or women out there who are interested in following your work or hiring you as a speaker or, uh, you know, reading more into what you're doing, uh, where can they find you and support you? Well, thank you. I can be found on my website, which is kpspeaks.com and on Instagram, which is kpspeaks underscore. And we can connect through that. My journal, the link for my journal is on my website. And I would absolutely love, I'm, I absolutely love to connect with people uh, mainly through Instagram is where I, you know, we can, um, if you're having a hard day, you can just message me. And I have some meditations there, but I'll be including more on my website as well. And I'm on LinkedIn, of course, as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with me on the More Happy Life podcast. And I'm excited to share this with all the people who really do need to hear this message that you have. Well, thank you for giving me this sacred place and uh, time to share and reach out to all of your listeners. I really hope this episode helped you to have a more happy life today. If you enjoy this episode, share it and let me know by tapping the stars in the reviews. You can also find me on Instagram at morehappylife or by going to morehappylife.co. Thanks for listening and see you soon.